Blog Talk Radio. Live from Talladega, you're in the pit stop with Tenda Spain and Stephen Wilson on the Speedway Digest Radio Network, Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher Radio, and your Apple Podcast. Live from Duggan Nation, I'm Tim Spain, alongside my good friend, COSPWDigest.com, up there in the Commonwealth of Virginia, Mr. Stephen Wilson. And at this time, without further ado, let's bring on my good friend, Mr. Wesley Adam. Allen is going to do the invocation night. Reverend Joe has a night off. Let's bring Wesley into the pit stop with Tim Spain and Stephen Wilson. Wesley, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing well, Tim. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Had a little bit of rain shower come through a while ago, didn't we? Sort of knocked my satellite out and all that. Did y'all get any rain air to co-op before you left? Just just a few drops. Uh, you know, today's a big day, Tim. I'm really excited. Not only we we got, of course, every pit stop radio is a big show, but today's really big with Ron Devine, and, and the really big thing is we got a birthday boy. Yeah, we do, Wes. I'm 21 years young. <laughs> Happy birthday, Tim. <laughs> Thank you very much, Wes. And I cannot tell that story. I'll let everybody know I'm a, I'm 47, Wes. Turned 47 today. <laughs> I want to thank the good Lord for letting me stay around that long, Wes. Well, I hope you have a wonderful birthday. Well, thank you very much, Wes. Thank you very much. And you got the floor, my friend. You know, like I said, again, Reverend Joe has the night off, and you agreed to come on, and we're glad you we're glad you come on to do the invocation. We very much appreciate it, Wes. Thank you very much. Honored to do it. Let, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you right now for the good things that you give us, Lord. You bless us in so many ways that we don't deserve, and we just want to stop for a minute and thank you for it. We thank you for the sport of racing and all the good people involved in it, God. We pray that you'd keep them safe and protected, God, because it does have some risks with it, Lord. And we thank you for Tim and Suzanne and, and Stephen, God. Pray that you'd bless them and bless this radio show. And, Lord, uh, we know we're human and we fail you, God, but I pray that we would be humble enough, God, that when we fail you that we'd look to you for forgiveness, Lord. We thank you for all the good things you give us, and it's in the name of Jesus I pray these things. Amen. Amen, Wes.
that's great evocation, my friend. Thank you very much. Let everybody know what y'all have going on at the Revive Church, the way the crow flies from the Pit Stop Radio here, about a mile yonder way southwest, and any current events and everything y'all got going on your social media, stuff in your website, Wes. You got the floor, bud. Sure. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, we're having a great time at Revive Church. I'm the worship pastor there, and we've got a lot of big things going on we're excited about. The biggest thing uh, I want to mention to everybody is that August is what we call our eye care month coming up, and we're going to be doing a lot of projects and trying to help a lot of people out in Talladega, and it's just reaching out and just showing them the love of God through action in the city and uh, uh, do what we can to help people out. And if anybody knows of a project, of course, we can't take all of them on probably, but if anybody knows of a project or something that would be a good thing for us to do for eye care, just shoot me an email. My email is uh, wes, W-E-S, revive at gmail.com, and you can find us on social media, Revive Church, and our website is revivechurchag.com. Wes, thank you very much again. And uh, just a quick question. What you having for supper tonight, bud? I haven't gotten that far yet. Right now, I'm just trying to uh, – trying to. as soon as we finish up, I'm going to try to cut some grass before the before the rain comes in. <laughs> that sounds good, Wes. Wes, again, thank you I'm very gonna, much. I'm going to finish out the program and then try to get this grass cut before, I, before it gets dark. That sounds good, Wes. Again, like I said, thank you very much. Don't work too hard now. I'll talk to you in the morning, bud. See, see you, man. Sounds good, Tim. See you in the morning. All right, we'll see you, Wes. Okay, bye bye. All right, that was Wes there uh, coming in, filling in for Reverend Joe. Uh, Reverend Joe had taken that off, and uh, we've got my good friend, CEO of SpeedwayDigest.com, Mr. Stephen, waiting here. Let's go ahead and bring Stephen in the pit stop. Tim Spain, and, of course, Stephen Wilson. Stephen, how's everything going up there in the Commonwealth of Virginia there, right outside of Richmond, bud? Oh, I'm doing all right. Well, um, I'm just wondering, how old are you today? Are you um, old enough to retire and get Social Security yet? Well, I'll tell you honestly, Stephen, and again, thank you for the birthday wishes this morning. I really appreciate it, but I am 47. I'm not going to lie. The good Lord's kept me around this long, and... uh if the good Lord keeps me around till I'm hoping to retire from the co-op at 62, uh, I hope the good Lord lets me do that. And, uh, you know, next year, I think February the 2nd, I'll have my 20 years in at Coosa Valley Electric here. It don't seem like it's been that long. But to answer your question, I'm not quite old enough to retire yet, bud, but I wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't you worry. I, I got a few years to go my own self, so don't feel bad. No, I'm not. I'm not, Steve. But again, I want to thank Wesley Adam Allen there for doing the invocation. Like I said, Reverend Joe had the night off. He had some stuff he had to take care of. And uh, the number to call in is 215-383-3681. I'm Tim Spain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com, Stephen Wilson. Darling wife in there and uh, way back on the other end of the house in the studio here. She's handling uh, handling the phone lines tonight, uh, Miss Suzanne. I want to thank her for everything that she does for the show and everything. But Stephen, coming up at the bottom of the hour, we've got owner BK Race and Mr. Ron Devine coming on. I'm pretty sure we have a lot to talk about with Ron. We've had him on several times. I know we had him on earlier this year, and I want to get his take on some of his stuff going on there at BK Racing with his drivers and everything. But, Stephen, do we have any breaking news before we talk about, you know, some of the stuff we'd like to talk about today? I know there was something that came out of NASCAR. They made some promotions and some stuff. I know there was a guy from uh, from Pocono. Uh, that 
uh, NASCAR put in. I don't want to put you on the spot, Stephen, but uh, and then also I've just got uh, email also from uh, from Dennis there at Darlington about the Goodyear tire test. I hadn't even looked at that, Stephen, but go ahead uh, if you have any breaking news. And where's my? I want to. Here we go. There it is. to keep up with everything but uh the uh the uh Goodyear tire test at Darlington it probably it it just come across the wire too Stephen you probably just got it uh there was a hundreds of race fans showed up there for that uh Eric Jones Brad Keselowski Kyle Larson Ryan Newman 
there at Daunton, you know, we're doing this Goodyear tire test, which it was delayed a little bit because of inclement weather. But uh, this is a quote from Eric Eric Jones. He said, it was a good test a good test day for us, Jones. Jones said, driving the number 77 Toyota Camry, we learned some things and feel like Goodyear has a good tire for Darlington. We're excited to be racing in our first Bojangles Southern 500 in September. We had a good finish in my only start here in the 2016 Xfinity Series race, which I think he finished sixth, or Stephen. Uh, you know, so I mean, you know, a, a, a lot of good stuff is, especially up there at, at, at Darlington with this new throwback deal that they started a couple of years ago. I mean, you know, that's 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 really awesome. These these fans need to really get out to Darlington Raceway there and see what they have done with Kerry Tharp and everything with this throwback deal. It's really awesome, but. Yeah, it is, and you know they, they they were talking about how the track was just really hot. It was really slick today with with the tires, and you know especially heat this time of year. Uh, by the time we get to September, you know on that weekend, that first weekend there in September, um, I'm hoping that you know the heat really does kind of stay. Uh, we we we've typically last year and even the year before last. The heat and the temperatures have been, I, I, I don't want to say they've been extreme by any means, but, I mean, they've been fairly moderate per se um, over some of the Southern 500s we've had. And we've always seen really good racing there at Darlington when the heat has really kept that track, a lot of heat into that track. Those cars have slipped and slide around a lot, got up into that wall, and last year, NASCAR took away some sets of tires, which really made it not only, you know, a tire management race, but, you know, that made it a hard race for some of these guys that, you know, that that, that track has a tendency to tear up tires in general, especially over that 500 miles out there because of the way that asphalt is laid out there. It's not a traditional completely smooth asphalt. It's got a lot of grit into it, a lot of... Uh, you know, a lot of coarse ground uh, rock into it. You know, they use a lot of that, a lot of the local, um, you know, sands and stuff into that. So it, it, it has a tendency to tear those tires up. And I hope that this year, you know, they continue with the method of not going back and giving them extra sets of tires again. I hope that they continue with keeping the tires out. I hope the temperatures stay a little bit stable so that we do keep a lot of heat into that track as the sun sets throughout the day. And, uh, you know, we do see a lot of slipping and sliding around because over time I think we've seen a lot of the best racing out there as that, as that those two factors have occurred. And, Stephen, you bring up a good point right quick. I want to bring up the uh, the PJ1 track bike, which was formerly known as a VHT track bike. You talk about it being hot and slick at Darlington. Uh, my first question, do you think, well, let me go ahead and make this statement. Uh, NASCAR has made the statement that, that, that they will not spray the PJ one track bike down and on the Indianapolis first Speedway this weekend, but they did this past weekend at, at Aladdin and, to let some of our listeners know, you and I know the preferred groove around Loudon is the middle groove Well, they sprayed that PJ one track bike on the bottom and above the middle groove to sort of get some traction and just to let everybody know too uh i was told by a certain individual that, you know, i mentioned something about the vht track bite that's what it was formerly 
known as, but uh, it was changed the name to PJ1 Track Bite, and I won't call no names, but the person told me I didn't know what in the hell I was talking about, but undoubtedly the media picked up on it, and I could have broke the story uh, to let the PJ1 Track Bite out there, and I didn't, so that's my fault. But anyway, Stephen, just sort of get your take there on the, uh, which I'm pretty sure Kerry Tharp and NASCAR, they're probably going to use the PJ1 Track Bite there at, at Darlington this Labor Day weekend for the Bojangles Southern 500. Well, I certainly hope that they don't because, you know, Darlington really, on those two turns, there really isn't a whole lot to move around out there, and that's what's made Darlington over these two years. Especially you come out of those turns at 170, 180 miles an hour, and you've got to figure out how to crank that car down a little bit and get around those turns, especially turn three and four down there in that that egg-shaped track. I think it's – I think they need to think about that before they put that stuff down. But, you know, this past weekend at at, at uh, New Hampshire, depending on who you talk to, I think it, it really just depends on whether they liked it or not. Uh, you know, we had a little bit of a rain delay out there in the middle of uh, in the middle of the event out there in the Xfinity Series event, and as they as they got some drivers out there talking about this, they had had run, uh, you know, they had run a, a race prior to that already in the day, and they used Hoosier tires where, you know, good uh, NASCAR uses Goodyear tires. And a lot of these drivers out there, there were many of them out there making the complaints where they said that they didn't like this. They didn't like the fact that the, the, the extra rubber had been laid down onto the track and that this, race had already ground down that VHT that was put onto the track as it was. I particularly, I, I, I'm not really of the opinion that, you know, they were right or they were wrong. I, I just think that, you know, they were just looking for something to talk about more than anything else. Um, you know, I thought that, you know, that extra rubber being all over the track from the earlier race, you know, made their, made it more exciting because it, the VHT not only was there, but the extra rubber in different grooves around that racetrack also made it help the racing in that Xfinity Series event. I mean, we saw a lot of side-by-side racing out there, a lot of three-wide racing, and a lot of passing for the lead. Even Kyle Busch, who eventually went on and won the race, I mean, he even he even had some complaints about it even after the race, even though he won the race. Um, but, you know, we saw a totally separate race on Sunday where they went back and laid a lot of this VHT back down again in the two curves that you were talking about. And we had not had a race on that, you know, since the K&N series cars had gotten off of it late, late uh, Saturday night. So, you know, there was a very clean uh, and green track out there because they had laid, um, you know, that back down. Um, we didn't happen to see that side-by-side racing. We didn't see a whole lot of it. We didn't. We saw a lot of strung-out racing, unfortunately. So, really, in my opinion, I thought that you know having that extra rubber laid down onto track, including that VHT, I think it helped it immensely out there. Um, the two factors into it really did seem to help out the Xfinity Series event, even though a lot of drivers didn't seem to like it. Um, and, you know, comparatively speaking to the Sunday race. Um, so I just think that, you know, NASCAR may, uh, you know, may need to start looking at that. Um, you know, maybe, you know, on some of these event days, maybe start going out there and running some extra events. 
Um, you know, especially in the fact that we've got Pocono coming up here that's going to be qualifying on the same day as um, the race itself. I think, you know, those are prime examples of where we can lay some rubber down on the racetrack as well as put some VHT down. And maybe we, we might see a whole new complexity to the entire race as it is. Very well said, Stephen. And, you know, I, I I mention it every week. You do, too. We could talk about this VHT track bike, which is now PJ1 track bike. We could talk about it all night long. We could talk about grooves at racetrack. Stephen, let's take a little short short break right fast. And a little song I'm probably going to play you. You're probably going to get a little kick out of this. But uh, uh, I'm Tim Spain for Stephen Wilson, com. We will be right back after this quick break from Talladega, Alabama.
We're back live from Talladega, Alabama. I'm Tim Stain alongside SpeedwayDigest.com, Stephen Wilson. Up there in the Commonwealth of Virginia, just right outside of Richmond Raceway. I got it right that time, Stephen. I didn't say Richmond International because they've rebranded everything. But, Stephen, real quick, before we got Ron Devine coming up on here at the bottom of the hour, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, about the uh, about the inspection deal that NASCAR has going on. I mean, you know, uh, everybody is pushing the envelope. I mean, they're pushing it so tight. These crew chiefs, I mean, they're trying to really get everything they can out out of the car. They're failing inspection, having to go through everything again. And like it was last year, if you failed inspection, you had to go through that certain area that you uh, actually failed. But now, if you fail, you got to go all the way back and start out again and come back through the LIS and all that, Stephen. Yeah, you know, NASCAR is in also not only just making you go all the way and start at the end of the line and work your way back through again after you fix whatever the problem may be, but, I mean, they're starting to increase some of the penalties on this, such as, you know, taking tires away during practice and, you know, those types of events. Uh, you know, they're, they're punishing monetarily. They're starting to take away practice time, and, you know, they've even started to increase those um, – you know, from a few minutes now to 30 minutes and more. Um, I've seen some up to 45 minutes. Uh, And now, you know, most recently is that we've even learned that NASCAR is starting to take hard cards away from drivers and crew chiefs and crew members and and the likes that, you know, now they have to report to uh, the NASCAR hauler every weekend and get what is called a single event license. Um, you know, normally these these guys were uh, used to just walking into the track, going wherever they need to go, and now they have to report to the NASCAR hauler. They have to get a paper credential, uh, like you know, media media members or people who are on VIP or you know, uh, you know sponsors like you and, and things like that. Right, and, and then you're able, then they're able to go into the track and then start working. So you know they're starting to take hard cards away and do things like that. So uh, they're increasingly, increasingly um, picking these penalties up for these for these cars that are repetitively going through and um, you know failing inspection. And I, I've I've advocated and I've said multiple times that you know. You know, NASCAR, you know, NASCAR, you know, the teams, the drivers, a lot of these people have said, you know, you know, they they wanted this so that when they get out on the racetrack that, you know, they, they don't want to be with outside the boundaries. They don't want to lose these, you know, these stage points, these encumbered finishes that won't carry over into the playoffs like Joey Logano did at Richmond earlier this year. So NASCAR has responded with increased inspections such as this and making sure that these cars going out onto tracks. But I've said that, you know, I've advocated that, you know, there's a lot of times that there's, we've seen times where 10 or 12 cars don't make it through inspections for various reasons. And a lot of these times it's time and time and time again, that these teams just aren't making it through. And at some point, you know, taking, taking tires away and, um, taking practice times away and even taking hard cars away, um, it's so it's slowly starting to creep back up a little bit and a little bit and a little bit more that it's now time, I believe, to if you're doing this repetitively and we're starting to get back into this cycle again, to begin start 
not allowing these cars to go out there and qualify, make them sit in the garage under impound, and then they can repair the car once it goes green flag, send them back through inspection, and if they can clear inspection, then they can go out there and race. And, Stephen, you bring up a very, very good good uh, point there. I mean, you know, you uh, – yeah, and it actually seems like all – all of these, all these teams, you know, they're the ones that's really pushing the envelopes. You have your Ron Devines at BK Racing. I mean, you know, have which I'm not calling Ron a a lower tier team, but I mean, you know, Ron Devine is actually his cars are going through inspection. And actually, uh, let's go ahead and bring Ron on. Uh, Susanna done brought Ron on. But let's bring the owner of BK Racing, Mr. Ron Devine, into the pit stop. Tennis Bunny and Stephen Wilson. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Ron, how you doing tonight, boy? Good, Tim. How are you? How's everything? Every, everything's good. Had a little bit of rain shower come in. I'm going to go ahead and crack on you if you don't mind. What's for supper? Say what? What's for supper? Remember I asked you at Dago, what did you have for breakfast? What did you oh, have for supper? what's for supper? I, I'm just leaving <laughs> work. I actually don't know yet. But uh, I hear you like sauerkraut and hot dog. Is that your favorite? Is that, is that true? Is there any truth to that how rumor? How did you? How did I, I love I love hot dogs, Ron. For some reason, and uh, I can get Stephen over here started on Martinville hot dogs too. I mean, but yeah, hot dogs is I love hot dogs. But um, if I can, Ron, let me tell you a little quick uh, story. We was at Martinville a couple of years ago. Uh, Suzanne and I, and Stephen and his wife, and Anne Marie, we were in the press box there, and Stephen said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna run get us a couple of Martinville hot dogs." I said, "Okay, Stephen." Well, you know, we were up there and everything, and Stephen was gone. I said, "Hey, gum, where?" Where'd he have to go to get the hot dog? Ron, he come back. It looked like he had a five-gallon bucket full of Martin for hot dogs. Yeah, <laughs> they even had some hot dogs. <laughs> you can't eat one, that's for sure. And, uh, yeah, they are good. And I'll tell you, they, I don't know what they do to them to get that color, but they are good. Yeah. Uh, and the hey, other Ron, thing, I guess, before you get started grilling me on stuff, happy birthday. I heard it was your birthday. Is that true? Yes, sir, it is. Thank you very much, boss. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. And I and I hear you're A.J. Allmendinger old. Is that is that true, too? Uh, you got that right. I'm the number 47. A.J. pulled my finger <laughs> old. I sure am. <laughs> okay. Well, happy birthday. I didn't want to miss it, so happy birthday to you. Thank you very much, Ron. And um, you might have heard, heard Stephen and I talking. I I got a little couple quick questions. Because I was going to hand you over to us. Uh, to uh, Stephen first, but I want to ask you. Uh, we were talking about uh, some of the uh, inspection stuff where the uh, the uh, cars are going through. They're you know taking their time. They're getting popped for this and that. But it, it seems like BK Racing they're not really getting no inspection penalties or nothing like that. Having to go back start all over like we were talking about last year. NASCAR had you go through whatever station that you actually failed. But this year you have to go all the way back to the beginning and start coming through at, through the. LIS, uh, can you talk a little bit about? Um, you know, you have your cars set up right; they come through, they don't fail. But some of these other cars, they just keep trying to push the envelope, huh? Well, I think I think it's pushing the envelopes a little bit. But you're right. First off, you know, you you used to go through, let's just say, five inspection stations, and if you flunk three, you had to go you had to go back to number three again. Now, if you flunk any of them along the way, you got to start over and go back through, and that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing because you know, 
there was a little bit of shenanigans going on, and that's uh, the by having to go back through and not being able to touch the car at any station, um, you're you you stop all the nonsense, and so I think it's a good thing. Now I know it's created a lot of issues about the time and getting through it, and and uh, they're working on that. I think you'll see some change coming in that area, and uh, you know see how it goes testing this year or whatever. But next year I think it'll be a little more streamlined, and um, uh, and but I think it's a good thing that you have to go back through all five stations. What you don't want is to go through stations, you know, one, two, and three, and then in intentionally or whatever flunk four and undo what they did in one, two, and three trying to fix four. So that's, you know, that's that's what the fail-safe is all about, and I think it's a good thing. I don't think it's bad at all. A little more time-consuming and a little scary because sometimes you're right up against it, but for the most part they get the cars on the track. You know, it's created a lot of chatter about it. I mean, the fact that you guys are even talking about it is uh, – you know, an example of it, but I, I don't think it's a terrible thing that they're doing. And as far as us go and being able to get through uh, the tech uh, lines, I think uh, we do we do take the time. You know, they give you a tolerance in each of the categories, and you know, being as close to the end of that tolerance gives you, you know, the the speed and the turning and the heights that you're looking for. And so everybody's trying to work within the tolerance, but at the same time get to the you know, get to the edge of it. And sometimes you miss, you know. I don't know if it's a, you know, upper tier, lower tier, middle tier, whatever team issue as much as it is just everybody trying to, you know, get within those tolerances. Yes, sir. And yeah, Ron, did, I, I can. did I lose your, lose your no, sir. sleep? <laughs> no, sir, you I, didn't. <laughs> okay. You did, Ron. You were, you were actually dead on I mean, you know, Stephen and I both check out the NASCAR rule book. We look at it every day, but uh, yeah, I mean, you were dead on. And uh, Ron, uh, we 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 haven't had you on since uh, your eleventh place, uh, your P eleven yeah. at Daytona with Coors. So we 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 want to congratulate you on 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 that. That was a pretty big deal there for you and Corey and BK Racing, Ron. Well, it is. Uh, let me tell you what. You know, the play races are, are are like that. You're kind of running a pack. But I want to brag about Corey. I mean, he did a wonderful job. He, you know, it's funny. He was fourth for the longest time, and a caution came out, and we were like, oh no, you know. And then he got shuffled back, and then the next thing you know, here he comes again. And you know, it just shows you how hard the guys are working to get the cars, you know, arrow where it can suck up to the pack and be able to pull its way through there. And, but Corey has done a wonderful job. He really has, you know, all season he's grown from, you know, that, that kind of tough start we got to really being a wonderful driver. He did a great job, job in Daytona. I mean, he, you know, taking that car to the front and the back as many times as he did was amazing to sit there and watch. And, you know, I tell people all the time, it's, you know, you, you end up holding your breath for about three hours in that race. And it's, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And it's like they're all, they're all living right on the edge. And then to see your car pull back up through there at the end and, and get a good finish like that was really special for us. And, you know, it ignited us for a, a week anyway. Yes, sir. Uh, Congratulations, Ron. Yes, sir. And uh, my final question before you hand you over to, to Stephen. I told Stephen I was going to let him go first, but I've done got on a roll. Uh, we were talking earlier, uh, we were talking about the uh, – the, uh, PJ1 track bike, which was formerly known as the VHT track bike, uh, and you know they put it on the track up there at uh, at Loudon, 
which uh, the preferred groove was the middle groove. It's been like that forever until they put this uh, PJ1 track bike, VXT track bike, resin stuff, whatever you want to call it, run down. And they put it, they put it, yeah, yes, sir. They put it on the bottom groove and they put it on the groove above the middle groove. I just want to get your take on NASCAR putting that resin down. Do you think it's a good thing or do you think they should leave the tracks alone and just let a racetrack be a racetrack? So look, here's here's the situation, okay? Everybody wants to see good competitive hard racing. All right? I don't care what they try to do. They can put speed bumps out there if it makes us more competitive and makes us, you know, run around them. They can put they can put barricades up if we have to dodge them. I don't I don't care. And you know what? You can't you can't fault them for trying stuff. Whatever it is they want to do. If you know, if you have a good idea, submit it. You know what? They think about it. And I don't think it's a terrible thing to try to get multiple grooves on a track that was historically a single groove track. You know, we get dinged for the racing not being competitive and not being interested. And, you know, there's a lot of different facets to the race. There's the stages now, which I love. I think that's great. I think there actually should be more of them. I'm a, I'm a believer in, in more of those to help the competition. That's all they're doing with this, whatever you want to call it, right? Sticky stuff. Yes. And, and they're just trying to make a competitive race out of it and a competitive track. They're trying to widen it and put grooves down. I applaud them for trying. And I, I'm not going to beat them up, you know, for even missing it or getting it wrong or too much here or not enough there or anything like that. You know, you got to let them do their thing. I think it's, I think it's good for our sport. And, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of trying whatever it is. And if this is, if this is what it takes to, uh, you know, get this competitive balance framework working, then that's what we got to do. Let's get ready to rumble! Wrong button, Ron. I'm sorry. Hold on one second. I applaud you for that, Ron. Very no, well. Was that the right button? <laughs> that that was the right button. And Ron, I want to hand you over to uh to to Stephen. And again, thank you very much for being such a good friend to Suzanne and I, Stephen and AM. And uh, thank you very much for coming on the show tonight. And uh, good luck for the rest of the season. And we can't wait to see you at a racetrack whenever we get there. All thank right. You. Anytime you come, come by. Okay. You're a great friend too. And happy birthday to you, buddy. Thank you very much, brother. Uh, I'm going to hand you over to com. Stephen Wilson. Stephen, you got him, and okay. you can send him off. Thanks again, Ron. Thanks. Hey, Ron. Th- thanks for taking the time to come on here tonight. Early in the season, we had John here. We we talked a little bit about how you guys were going to organize throughout the season. I know you guys had Corey, or you, you have Corey LaJoy in the car, and then Joey Gaze came on board. You have him a couple of races this season, but, you know, at Pocono, there was a lot of, uh, a little bit coming out about how there was going to be some changes in the organization. Can you just talk about how the changes in direction kind of came about and what your line of thinking was on going away from just keeping the two drivers in the car aside from Gase that was already scheduled to be into a couple of, uh, couple of races for you guys? Okay, so, you know, you have to have a plan. We started out with a plan. We were going to talk to Corey about 14 races. That was kind of how we had things set up. He's run a lot more than that, as you've seen. Joey was going to run three races with us. So far, he's run two. He'll run another one. 
there may be an opportunity beyond that as well. We'll see. Um, we started the season with uh, Joey Gase and Corey in Daytona, but then Gray joined us in Atlanta. And, you know, the, there's a business side of this business, and then there's the competitive side of this business. And you got to get the two working in sync. And so I have to think Gray is a wonderful driver. I think he's a, a fine young man. He's very young. He's 19, and he's got a whole career ahead of him. I think he's a good shoe man, and I think he, you know, he's going to get to a place that's, you know, going to be special over time. I also think on the business side, you know, a lot of times things happen, and in this particular case, it, uh, you know, it got to be a little tricky and difficult for them to maintain, and so. You know, we had to make some changes along the way. So I wish him nothing but the best, and I hope we can work it out somehow to, you know, at least get it somewhat back on track. But, you know, the, the it was not certainly not a competitive thing. I mean, I think he's, you know, young and a rookie and, you know, growing and still trying to find his way. But I think he has a lot of talent, and I think that'll that'll shine over time. So that kind of – forced us to make a change. I've been looking at uh, Ryan Sieg for many years. We had an opportunity to put him in the car and, uh, and again, work with some sponsor money and some sponsors and some stuff like that to, to get him going, and, uh, and we like him. I mean, he's, he's, not, he's a rookie in the cup level, but he's an incredibly experienced Xfinity driver. He's got more laps in Xfinity than anyone I can name. And uh, in the Xfinity series, and I think he's you know mature. He's 27, and he's handles the car really well. And you know we've had some great runs out of him. I, I tell you, we finished 31st and 32nd in New Hampshire, but uh, you know, and that sounds just awful. But those were two really fast cars. And Ryan, halfway through the race, was really running good. We just we just got caught with some cautions. You know, the cautions split us from the field we were running with, and they put us a lap behind. We didn't really recover. But we had two really good cars up there. And, unfortunately, the only people that know it are the, you know, 20 people that were tangled around BK. So our results didn't show, but, you know, I was very pleased with the speed of the cars. And, you know, and, and honestly, Corey hadn't scratched a car in, like, 11 races. So, you know, he got off to a tough start. Uh, but I think he's uh, he's come into his own. So, you know, it's kind of a long-winded answer to your question, but, you know, we did have a plan, and things happen along the way, and it changes, and, you know, you're going to see us. I still want to pulse in the 93, although we're, not, we're a long way from that. At the same time, I want to focus on performance, and hopefully you'll see some of that this weekend in, uh, in um, Indianapolis. So we're going to be running just the 23 car. And uh, and that's just really focus, trying to focus our energies to get our on-track performance up. Did I answer? Did I answer it somewhere in there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you 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 did. Uh, and, and, you know, you you guys you guys uh, uh, you guys only had the one charter this year, but you know, you you had, and I think you you just touched on just just a little bit about maybe bringing the ninety three back into the fold at some point. But you know, it it has to be under the right circumstances, of course, for you guys. But overall, you know, this year, you know, we've not seen full fields out there in, in the aspect of the forty cars going to each track, um, not every single week. Um, where do you guys think that you guys would fit in 
right there with that second car that doesn't have that charter? And where do you feel that you're going to be the strongest at with that car? Well, let me tell you this. The the 83, that's the open car, outperformed the 23 car for the longest time in the in the season. And we made some changes, and now the 23 is certainly, you know, moving ahead of it. But the the 83 is leading the open division, and it's got a pretty wide margin on it, and we're going to maintain that. We're going to try to win the open division with that 83 car. So um, we're going to keep it going. Now, you know, bringing the 93 out, it's tempting when the fields are short because, you know, it's it's easy to do and all that stuff. But, it, again, it gets back to balancing being competitive with just having cars on the track. We want to make sure we put a competitive car out there. And if we're not ready for it, we're not going to touch it. And if we go all the way to Homestead and we're not ready, then we won't touch it. So you know we're you know, we're trying to we're trying to stay focused and lead the open division. So you will see the 83 running. Um, at the same time, we want to make sure we focus on getting that uh, 23 car up in the points. You know we got this. We're in the second half of the season now, and I think that the type of changes we made on it are. Are positive ones. You see it. You see it move forward. For BK Racing, I, uh, you know, for going throughout the rest of this season here, you know, we're we're getting into the summer stretch here, and you know, there's comparatively speaking, when when you guys start looking at what Toyota Racing is doing over there on the side of uh, Jiggers Racing and you know, Furniture Racing and those kinds of guys over there. Where, where do you guys think that you may need to stack up just a little bit more and start working more closely with them or more start working more closely with your partners over there to see where you can gain a little bit here or a little bit there with the cars that are being put out there on the racetrack? Well, I think they have a great alliance, and I think that they they work in sync. It took them a while to develop that, but you're going to see the results you know, come out. They produce fast cars every week, and you know, I don't think they've gotten the results that they were looking for either, but I I do think they have a great alliance and, you know, good competitive cars on the track. For us, and we love our relationship with Toyota, you know, they, they support us in ways behind the scenes that people don't see, whether it's the engineering or the pull-downs or, this, you know, the wind tunnels and things like that. And I think it's it's our job to get better results out of the resources that we have now before we can talk about enhancing the resources that, that come our way. And so that's why we're so focused on trying to get our own track uh, performance up. I mean, I think we have to at least be the, you know, win the class that we're running in. And uh, you guys call them tiers, and some people call them, you know, funded and unfunded and all that other stuff. But, you know, just just think of it in terms of, you know, cars that are running, you know, up front and in the middle and in the back, and I think we've at least got to be the best in class for what we're doing, and then you'll see the resources come our way. And have you guys ever thought or, you know, entered into where do you begin the conversation of partnering with somebody like the Joe Gibbs Racing or somebody like that to enhance that on-track uh, performance out there outside of just your relationship with Toyota? So um, my belief is being independent is, a, is a, you know, a strategy and an answer. Uh, at the same time, you know, I've tried that for many years, 
and it quite frankly hasn't given us the results. I'm a believer now that you do have to have alliances and you have to have relationships. And, you know, the the thing you also have to do is respect that they're busy over there. I mean, the Gibbs organization grew with that alliance and over there. They also added a car. So they went from, you know, three to four to five to six in a short period of time. And, you know, I just think it's, you know, we want to be respectful of what they're doing and not be, you know, we also have to be able to pull our weight in that uh, alliance. That's why they call it an alliance and not a, you know, a subsidy. So we don't want them to subsidize. We want to be aligned with somebody. And, yeah, it'd be nice to, you know, to think that we could get into all that. I just don't see that short term on the horizon until we get our, our own house in order. As much as I would like well, no, it, my strategy, you know, my mindset on that has changed. I think you have to have that, and I think you know we would we would welcome that. I'm really good friends with Joe Gibbs, you know, he's probably my best friend in the garage. But the, uh, you know, I uh, I think they got their hands full over there, and they're very busy. I'm not sure there's room for us right now. And Brian, I I hope I didn't try and uh, you know uh, beat you over the head with too many questions tonight. I'm. I would, but I appreciate you taking the time to come on here and talk a little bit about BK Racing, what you guys got going on over there. Um, coming up throughout here through the next couple of races here and going in here throughout the summer stretch, my final question to you is here, where do you guys think that you're going to perform the strongest out there and where you can make the most impact out there, um, you know, with uh, Ryan and and Corey and uh, Joey that will be in the car throughout, you know, the next couple of races coming up here. Right. So we also, we ran a long day out as a road course trying to, you know, bring in, and if you look at his track record overseas, I mean, he's winning races and he's running up front and, you know, he, he's got all that. And I think this is a different level for him. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're certainly trying to see if there's a way to get him back in the car for Watkins Glen. As far as the, you know, second half of the season performance, you know, you never know. You don't know what the race is going to unfold like and, and, and how you're going to, how you're going to perform. But I think our best shot is probably on the super speedways. And we got one more of those coming up. And then our second opportunity is, is more on the short track uh, side of things and then sprinkle in that road course. And then where I think we have to figure out, you know, how to be more competitive is on the mile and a half. Um, we had it going there for a while, but, you know, those are, you know, those are tough for us. And so if you just kind of looked at the schedule and saw the number of, you know, one super speedway and then the short tracks that are coming up, that's an opportunity for us to to shine. And then, you know, we'll get through Watkins Glen and see how that works out. We've, we had good cars at Watkins Glen last year. We wrecked them both in the final wrecks, uh, so nobody saw it. But we were running around in the teens most of the day. And then, um, you know, we'll see what we can conquer on these mile and a half. We'll see how that goes. And that's really where I see our challenge, trying to, you know, trying to keep up with the guys that, you know, have so much more resource. I guess that's the other thing I'd say. You know, I don't know about tiers or funding and all that stuff, but just the amount of resources and energies that, you know, they have available and that they put into each component and in each track, it's uh, that seems to be the separation from the competitive side that I see. Okay, so, 
you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna get after it and stay after it and and uh, you know, try to make the best of where we struggle and and try to take advantage of where we have our opportunities. Well, thanks a lot. I I do appreciate you taking all my questions because you know, uh, hope like I said, I hope I didn't beat you over the head too much with them tonight. Uh, not not at all. I you know it's a uh, it's a pleasure. You guys, like I said, are great friends. And uh, go tease uh, Tim about his birthday. That's uh, you know give you something to do anyway. But no, we appreciate you having us on and thinking about us. And you know, hopefully we'll do some more eleventh place finishes and you know give you something else to talk about. Okay. Mm-hmm. Most definitely, and like I said, before we get you out of here, let everybody know uh, Let everybody know how to follow you guys on social media, what you guys may have coming up here, any, anything going on, and uh, we'll let you get out of here for the night. I'm sure we've kept you much longer than uh, Tim has probably said that you would stay on here for, but I appreciate it, and good luck throughout the rest of the season. So no worries. I guess the only thing I, you know, there's a number of, stuff coming up with sponsors and things like that but we we do have a, a throwback car announcement coming for Darlington uh, with Corey that I think will be pretty cool and so you might just you know stay tuned or keep posted for that and uh, you know and then I, again I think uh, you know we have great sponsors that you know are counting on us to get our performance up and and deliver and I'm, I'm really proud of this team the way they professionally handle the sponsor and and uh, and try to continue to deliver for them no matter what happens on the track. And uh, I think we give them a great experience and a great bang for their buck. So uh, we're going to try to continue to do that and uh, ride the season out and get ready for next year. Okay? I appreciate you having me on. Thanks a lot. You, there? you take care. Okay. No, All right, uh, thanks. I'm here. Take care. Thanks a lot. Okay. Take care, Steve. Bye-bye. Steven, that was Ron Devine there. I mean, yeah, he stayed on, you know, way past what. But I mean, you know, Ron, Ron is a good friend to uh, to us. As uh, far as you and I, Suzanne, Anne Marie, Pit Stop Radio, Speedway Digest, you know, I mean, he's give us all kudos about what we do for the sport and for what we do for, you know, BK Racing also. And you know, I'm, uh, you know, like I had brought up the question earlier to to uh, Ron there, uh, we haven't had him on since. Corey had that P11 finish there in, at uh, Daytona, in which I had uh, texted him after the race, and I mean he was just ecstatic. I mean, you know that is a that is a big boost for BK Racing and Ron Devine there in uh, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, Stephen. Yeah, for them, it's as a team, you know, it's an opportunity to go out there and shine because you get to some of these tracks like that. And a lot of times you think back to Talladega when, you know, David Reagan and David Gowen, you know, finished one, two front front row uh, motorsports, you know, a team out there that, you know, is sort of similar in a lot of ways to, to Ron Devine and his BK racing. And they got to shine out there in, in many of those aspects. And I think, you know, that that gives them an opportunity to go out there and show that, you know, hey, we're a team out here. We're a team that, you know, no, you, you don't need to go out here and spend five hundred or $700,000 to get your, get your name on a car. But, you know, we're a team out here that, you know, is potentially somebody that you're looking for to go and, 
you know, be be an affordable uh, opportunity or alternative to some of these other teams that are asking the kind of money that they do to enter and put their name on a car for some of these events. And, you know, that's just that opportunity. They can go out there and say, well, here, here we are. And, you know, we finished 11th place at Daytona and, you know, take it to the next race. And it's a confidence booster at the same time for the organization as a whole. Exactly, Stephen. And, you know, uh, Ron had brought up the question there in the one of you uh, had him about bringing back the 93. You know, he said it was very, very tempting. But, you know, just like you just mentioned, you know, uh, that five hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars whatever it takes to put somebody in that car. But, you know, Ron still has to have sponsorship. But it, whenever he mentioned he was tempted, when you ask him the 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 uh, well I don't know if he you know he brought it up in one of your questions there about bringing back the ninety three and he really wants to but he is wanting to focus on that one car that he has the charter with the twenty three car you know because he dropped the charter with the eighty three and but he's wanting to focus on that twenty three car with Corey and get that you know focus on that get that car competitive get all the bugs and whistles and everything lined up uh, cross your teeth dot your eye you know, dot your eyes, what have you in that. And I think he's making a real good business decision about going with that. But then again, yet he's throwing that out there to us and to our listeners about, hey, I got a 93 car. You know, hey, if you want to sponsor it, uh, we can put a driver in it, Stephen. Basically, that's what he's talking about, right? Yeah, you know, it's going to come with the stipulations, too. You know, they're, they're just not going to put anybody in that car. It's going to have to be somebody if, you know, who's going to be able to bring that, you know, the, the either the sponsorship with them or somebody they're going to be able to sell the sponsorship for. Um, you know, even with Elon Day, which, you know, they had in the car out there, which he was talking about for Sonoma. Uh, you know they did they did have some sponsorship on the car with Earth and Water and things like that and you, it, those kinds of companies are you know willing to take a lot uh, uh, you know especially on a up and coming driver somebody that's coming over that has a lot of name credit to to them from the NASCAR Euro Series uh, but you know they they also had to you know come up with a little bit on their own too um, to make sure that car was fully funded for that that one particular race uh you know so i i think you know it, it, everything in the stars have to align correctly in order to go out there and do something like that you know joey gase being in those cars for i think three races or so he said three races this year you know he's he's brought along some sponsorship from hometown furniture furnishings and things like that so you know it's it, you know unfortunately whether it's BK Racing or Joe Gibbs Racing or, you know, Hendrick Motorsports, it doesn't matter who it is these days. Uh, you know, sponsorship is key to keeping these cars onto the track, unfortunately, and it's not, you know, 100% in the driving abilities of the, of the driver anymore. It's about, you know, whether they have the sponsorship or whether the team can sell the sponsorship for that driver. You're right, Sam. I mean, there's so much... You know, like you mentioned, there's so many pieces of the puzzle that has to fall together, and they have to fall together right. I mean, because there's a there's a lot of money in this in the business, a lot of money in the teams, a lot of money in the drivers that they try to bring in. I mean, it's so 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 much to you know wrap around nowadays. But uh, 
Stephen, we're coming up here. We passed the top of the hour. We've got, uh, if I can, uh, we got outdoor tomorrow night, bud. We got a dirt race for the truck series, and uh, I don't have. I got the start times and everything up for uh, for Andy, but I don't have nothing up for Eldor. Do you have anything up, Stephen? I hate to put you on the spot, but I know it's <laughs> yeah, going to be on. Uh, it's going to be on uh, the business, Fox, uh, the Fox Business Network, I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it's very, 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 very confusing as to how they've got this thing all laid out. And I'm going to try and walk this thing through as best as possible. (laughs) Tomorrow night, the one and only dirt track that the NASCAR series goes to. The NASCAR Camping World Truck Series is going to Eldora. Tony Stewart's track out there in Rossburg, Ohio, for the dirt dirty out there. 5 o'clock, NASCAR Camping World Truck Series qualifying single lap qualifying two laps this will be at 5 p.m it will be on fox sports one for qualifying to be immediately fouled at 7 30 with five qualifying heat laps each of them 10 laps apiece now these five heat laps uh, and five qualifying five qualifying uh heats will be on fox sports two all right <laughs> The last chance race will be 15 laps. That'll be to immediately following the five qualifying lap, uh, five qualifying heat races, and then at 9:30, the main event, 150 laps, broke over three segments, 40, 50, and 60 laps. There will be no stages in the event, and that will be airing on Fox Business. All right. The qualifying, the initial qualifying will be at 5 o'clock. That will be on Fox Sports 1. All the heat races starting at 7.30 to about 9 o'clock or so, that will be on Fox Sports 2. And then the main event at 9.30, 150 laps out there will be on Fox Business Network. So three different networks three different parts of this race tomorrow night at the one and only dirt track that the NASCAR Camp World Truck Series goes to. Oh, and by, the way, um, uh, and by the way, on top of no stages tomorrow night, there will be no five-minute clock for, um, for wreck damage. Um, the NASCAR will not use a five-minute clock for any kind of wreck damage out there tomorrow night. So um, they're going to do away with that on top of the no-stage rule. Thank you very much, Dude. I'm glad you let our listeners know that. I'm pretty sure you and I will get questions on social media about that all night. But, uh, yeah, the one and only dirt track. I mean, it's Eldor, baby. We're going to watch Eldor tomorrow night. Do you have any Do you have any staff from Speedway Digest going out there or, or uh, not? Caleb will be out there. He's going to cover that, and then he's going to scoot on off to Indy. Uh, once he's done with Eldora and cover Indy this weekend also. Okay. And I'll let everybody know uh, the Brantley Gilbert Big Machine Brickyard 400 Indianapolis Motor Speedway Sunday. Indy. Uh, the radio start, uh, IMS radio will be 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. TV start for NBC will be 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Shortly after that will be the green flag. And starting Saturday, uh 
It's when, it's when we start having some TV coverage, the Monster Energy Cup Series first practice. All times are Eastern. This is via MRN, my good friends there at Motor Racing Network. 9 a.m. to 9.55 a.m. CNBC has your TV coverage. And also Saturday, the Monster Energy Cup Series final practice. 11 a.m. to 11.55 a.m. CNBC has your TV coverage. Your Xfinity Series qualifying. 12.30 p.m. NBCSN has that. Uh, the radio pre-race there is at 3. IMS, like I mentioned, TV pre-race is at 3. The NASA or Xfinity Series Lily Diabetes, Lily Diabetes 250 will be at 3.30 p.m. IMS radio NBCSN has your coverage. And then the Monster Energy Cup Series qualifying will be Saturday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Indy Motor Speedway and... Uh, NBCSN has your TV, and then we're going over into Sunday. Uh, your radio pre-race, there will be 1.30 p.m. IMS. Uh, TV pre-race, 2 p.m. NBC. Then the NASCAR uh, Monster, Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, Brantley Gilbert Big Machine Brickyard 400, will go 2.30 p.m. on NBC. So that will be on uh, the national network. So some of our listeners that uh, – they don't get the NBCSN. It will be on NBC, regular NBC, so everybody will get to see that, Steve. Yeah, and uh, there is a couple of rule changes for the NASCAR Xfinity Series out there this weekend. NASCAR Xfinity Series will go with the restrictor plate this weekend for the Xfinity series, they're going to go with, um, they're going to take and place intake ducts at the front corners of the bumper on the Xfinity series cars that they have specifically designed for this event and tested uh, last year that um, they are hoping between the two as well as a couple other cosmetic changes out here will allow these cars to take and suck up just a little bit more and create more of a drafting effect around Indianapolis for the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Now, this is only for the NASCAR Xfinity Series. This is not for the Monster Energy Series. So they will test this package this weekend in Lily Diabetes 250 out there with the restricted plate and the two intake ducts that will be placed on the front uh, valence there or the front bumper area that will, uh, you know, intake air to allow these cars to kind of suck up just a little bit more, creating some kind of draft effect out there and uh, a few other cosmetic changes to the cars uh, this weekend as well around the bumper areas, the bumper bars and bumper braces and et cetera. Stephen, thank you very much for bringing that up. I totally forgot all about it, but thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Stephen, let's go ahead and uh, let's get out of here, bud. I'm ready to go uh, eat my birthday supper. I think it's going to be vainas and crackers. <laughs> well, tell <laughs> Suzanne to uh, get, get you something more than that. Uh, she might tell me to take the vainas out there and throw them on the grill and barbecue them. But then again, I could go the other route rather than barbecuing them on the grill, just run down to Piglet Wiglet down here and get me some barbecued vainas in the can. <laughs> there you go. You know, that's save all time. Well, I mean, by the time you get down there and get back, I mean, you could have, you know, just done it anyway. So, 
Yeah. Stephen, let's go ahead and uh, let everybody know where they can follow you at on social media, your website, what all you got going on, and uh, we'll get out of here tonight, bud. You can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com, forward slash Speedway Digest, and SpeedwayDigest.com. Caleb Whistler will be out there at Eldora uh, tomorrow night covering the Dirt Derby and all its activities out there. And then we'll be back again at Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the Blue Diabetes 250 and uh, Brickyard 400 this weekend, covering all the action out there. So follow along. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, it is, Stephen. Again, uh, everybody follow Stephen Wilson at Speedway Digest. Everybody follow Caleb Whistler, all of his writers and everything else. And uh, until next Tuesday night, uh, for Stephen Wilson there at Speedway Digest. Oh, Stephen, tell AM and the boys we said hello, and thankful AM had a safe trip back from her hometown up there. But uh, uh, for Stephen Wilson, SpeedwayDigest.com. I'm Stephen Wilson. We will talk to you next week, uh, next Tuesday night, live from Talladega, Alabama. Y'all have a great weekend. Enjoy all the races. And until next time, see ya.